Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast, round 17, 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who has a very special announcement. It's Adam Rosenbachs. G'day, Michael. Yes, big news for the Junk Time fans. And, uh, you know, we've been, we've been at this, what, this is our seventh year. And um, I think it's time, Michael. I think it's time. And, you know, we've done a great show and we're going to continue to do a great show. Don't worry about that, Junk Timers. We are in our prime. But I think it's time to announce the Junk Time Succession Plan. And the way it's going to work, buddy, is at the end of 2021 is I will take over the show from 2022 and replace you on the show from 2022. So it will basically be me talking to myself <laughs> and you won't be on the show anymore. So the intro is going to go along the lines of, hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast. It's, uh, we're coming from Wayne Jackson Studios and Wayne Jackson Studios. <laughs> My name is Adam Rosemarks and joining me is a man who blah, blah, blah. It's Adam Rosemarks <laughs> and I'll take the ball. I'll throw myself over to other, to other things that I can say back to myself. Okay. And I'll tell you what. In 2022, it is going to be a roller coaster of a show, Junk Time. Sure, gotcha. So this hmm. uh, this doppelganger of you, okay? So yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a- and you, mate, you are welcome to field any offers from any other podcasts <laughs> that may back the money truck up at the end of this year. Like if you, I know you contracted till the end of 21, mm-hmm. but if anyone comes to you now and says, "Hey, dude, I'm starting up a podcast." Can you join it? Mate, feel free to go. Like, jump at it. It's it's Explore all your options. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, sure. Because, I, I mean, I have been in talks with Joe Rogan because I feel like he, uh, <laughs> I feel like he hasn't uh, <laughs> um, uh, radicalised enough school shooters yet. So I... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a market there for it, mate. So, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, this gives you the, the year tour to say thank you to all mm-hmm. your fans. Because, you know what, Michael? I'm worried about your health. I've spoken to your family. Are you worried about my and health? Are you, do you think I I'm am. gonna? Do you think I'm gonna maybe possibly die? Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. That's what Eddie McGuire said about Mick Malthouse. But, but I do love you, and that's why I'm so worried, and I'm so concerned about you that I want you to fuck off. Yeah, sure. Now, can yeah. I can I spend the next decade uh, <laughs> <laughs> passive aggressively <laughs> speaking out in the media? About hang you. on, hang on. <laughs> At which bit has Mo- Mick Malthouse been passive? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to the start. Can I just so go, I like, go when I go and get like you know milk from the from the Seven Eleven? Yeah. Can I just you, you know the dude will go you know that's you know three dollars fifty and I go yeah. anyway they never should have got rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> So let's go from the start. So Hawthorne have announced their succession plan. Mm-hmm. Um, probably forced their hand. Uh, their hand was forced by Collingwood saying that they wanted to have a good chat to Sam Mitchell. Yes. And so they came out and went, oh, fuck, uh, we better announce our succession plan because they want Mitchell to take over in 22. Now, my mail from a very good source. Here we go. I can't say. I can't say too much, Adam. You know, I've got to protect my mail. Yeah, no, you are very good with protecting your mail. But my mail from mm. a very high up official at Hawthorne. Oh yeah, uh, who may or may not wear an inside out gold and brown jacket. May have told my mailman, <laughs> 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 who I didn't have to jump a punch, no. uh, that Sam Mitchell was going to be the next coach of Hawthorne, but just didn't have a time frame for that. So uh, it seemed to be a plan from a number of years ago that uh, it was yeah. going to happen. Which, but I, like, I completely understand that. I, I don't know if they did actually have their hand forced, just because you go. All I had to, all I had to do was say, "Hey, Sam." When Collingwood comes a knocking, just say, "Hey, I don't think I'm ready." Therefore, yeah. you're out of the picture. Um, you don't have to say anything. But, but do you reckon maybe Graham Wright, question without notice, Ooh. in insider trading, has gone? 
mate, Sam Mitchell's going to be the next coach. Let's fucking ask him, put the fucking heat on him and throw a little bit of a hand grenade followed by a Molotov cocktail, followed by a flare, followed by a bag of flaming shit. Followed by an English Hawthorne's supporter bashing an Italian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I reckon, actually. I mean, Robbo wrote an article about that during the week. That, that, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just compare me to Mark Robinson? <laughs> well, you are smoking Marlboro Reds right now. <laughs> I see a few Cheers bottles of bourbon in the background. Bourbon. Um, but Robbo talked about that during the week, and I thought, what a dumb conspiracy theory. But then I actually just reread the article, and I was like, yeah, that makes total sense. Graham Wright would yep. have been in the know. He wouldn't know about the, the, the progression moving forward. Um, yeah. And so, therefore, he goes, yeah, just tap Sam Mitchell on the shoulder. That will force their hand. Now, yeah. having said that, that, doesn't mean, that just means Collingwood doesn't get either. Well, well, sorry. In theory, they could get Clarko. Clarko. But he said he's not going anywhere. He's a man to honour his contract. And if I know Clarko, he's an honourable human being. It's an interesting one. I do wonder about that, whether you kind of... I mean, reading the article from Mick Malthouse, or, uh, he, mm. he spoke to the media. It was very... They, they had to coax him out. He was very reluctant to talk about <laughs> a succession plan. But he spoke about, which I didn't think about really, was that... He said he spent kind of, you know, a year or two in recruiting mm. meetings where they were basically talking to Nathan Buckley. Kind of going, what? And he hated it. Hoodie, and he hated it, yeah. Uh, and then he did a weird driving metaphor. Did you see the driving metaphor? I don't remember that. I'll get the driving metaphor up for you. And so he also said that it really annoyed him because Gary Pert would walk past his office. He goes, he wore out the carpet wore out, out the in front the of carpet. my office on his way to Nathan Buckley's. Now I'm concerned. About the thickness of the carpet. Oh, that's the thing I, I kind of raise questions about. About, you know, how how much are they skimping on the carpet? Yeah, um, absolutely. Having said that, I'm in Sydney right now. Okay, we're in a lockdown. And mm. uh, I uh, went down the street the other day just to go to the shops. And uh, there was an essential carpet shop still open. So uh, Gladys is a very a tough driver, driving a hard bargain. Well, no, if you're in lockdown and you're on your hardwood floors and you're making a lot of noise and you go, how can we deaden this noise? How, When I just fucking want to bang my head against the floor because I'm stuck in lockdown, I want it to be on shag pile and not a hardwood floor. I completely understand uh, leaving open the carpet store. And the essential carpet shop is located next door to an essential tile shop. So... Everyone in Mate, you're at home. You've got to do a bit of DIY. <laughs> They're fucking idiots. So here's the uh, fucking DIY from, from uh, Mick Malthouse. Um... When you drive the car, you have a front seat passenger who is the mm. assistant coach. And then you take mm. your hand off the steering wheel. Whoa, take, I mean, It's fucking dangerous what he's doing right yeah. here. Why are you doing this, Mick? <laughs> take your foot off the accelerator and brake. And they yell out, what are you doing? And you say, well, you're taking over. It's a major difference between sitting there and sunning yourself in the passenger seat and having to steer, accelerate and brake and all the bits and pieces that actually go with the driving. Oh, he's with driving the truck. He's driving a truck now. He truck, mate. That. He's taking his fucking feet off the gas and <laughs> the brakes. He's driving a truck very dangerously, Mick. Come on. Does he say where he picked up the methamphetamine? <laughs> he's been driving the truck for, for eight years. He hasn't stopped, Michael. And now Nathan Buckley, the shitty, the fucking uh, um, hitchhiker that he picked up that he's going to murder in the forest now gets the fucking top job. He's probably doing a very important delivery to the essential carpet shop in the essential tile <laughs> shop. So I don't really know how I feel about this succession plan. Obviously, Clark, a legend of the coach. You can, uh, legend of the coach. You can make an argument. You know, they've got the, mm. the, the statue of Kennedy at Waverley. You can make an argument there should be a statue of Clark right next to him. Just punching no, the wall beautifully. <laughs> that's a fair point, though. Actually, I mean, he should be punching the port fan in the throat. That should, that should be the statue. If he ever gets a statue out nice? the front of the G, yeah. geez, I mean, they got to put out like two or three of Clarko. One punch and in the as, wall. As you walk punching past, a port fan in the throat. As you walk past the port fan, it just screams in your ear. You're like, oh, fuck, I want to punch it now. And what's he called? Didn't he call a reporter a cockhead or something? Yes, he did. He did. <laughs> so the other story that's kind of been leaking out is that Hawthorne aren't that upset to see the back of Clarko. Mm. Apparently he was a bit, a uh, bit of a pain in the ass in the hub and they didn't love him. And so to see the back of him is not the worst thing. I think the players are a bit tired of his message. He'd be a grumpy prick to be around 24-7. I mean, also you'd imagine the dude would just be tired. Like it's been 17 yeah. years, well, nearly 17 years in the job. Yeah. And, mate, I mean, it's 24-7. You'd just be like a wreck, wouldn't you? Mate, I do like 17 weeks and I'm, you know, I do a one comedy festival and I fucking need seven months off. Mm, yeah, but that's because you've got to... <laughs> they're throwing a lot of tomatoes at you, mate. <laughs> 
But the thing is, Eddie Eddie didn't want to do the succession plan, and this has no. been this has been great because this succession plan has brought out the only two people who have completely royally fucked it. You don't hear horse and um, Paul Ruse coming out and going, "Oh yeah, I handed over to horse and he took it." And it worked out perfectly, and he got a flag out of it. You only hear from the one man who's still holding the biggest fucking grudge in the world, <laughs> and then the other person whose fault it is. So Eddie came out and he said, "Let me tell you once and for all what happened." Okay, gotcha. Okay, so that's it, emphatic. It happened in July of two thousand and nine, and now finally yeah. Eddie McGuire has broken his silence on what's happened. Yeah. It's great. He says, "I love Mick Malthouse. He loves him." I was accused at the time of being too loyal to him. And I agree. You know you know that loyalty when you say to someone, hey, mate, uh, I'm loyal to you to the point where I'm basically sacking you from the job you love. <laughs> but that's the, kind of, that's the kind of loyal person I am. Uh, he says that I was sticking by him all the way because he rebuilt our club twice, blah, blah, blah. I thought there were things happening in Mick's life. I thought his health and that the stress of the job had an impact on the family. And Eddie could see it. Mick couldn't, but Eddie could. Now, here he talks about, uh, he talks about it even today, so he's referring to Mick, mm. about the aspect of what happened at Carlton and around mm. the place, even at West Coast, even at the Dogs. But he's mm. talking about, okay, so from Eddie's perspective in 2009, yeah, he's showing concern for Mick mm. about what will happen at Carlton <laughs> in like three years' time. Mate, Eddie's good. That's that's why that's why he's in the positions he's in because he can see shit happening. That's why he's a leader, mate. That's why he's president yeah. for all that time. I mean, it, 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 I mean, I mean, if I remember correctly, Eddie said at the press conference when he did hand over to Bucks, yeah. it was a proud and historic day. So he's <laughs> consistent. He is consistent. And he said, so he sits down with his manager, Peter Sidwell. So this is outside of fuck, Mick. You reckon Mick would have taken this really well? Two people talking about his future behind his back. Yeah, and no, I think he would have been happy about that. And also, uh, if you if you uh, take any manager at their word. <laughs> You're an absolute fool. So they kicked around an idea. They said, we came up with an idea that part of it would be coaching and then it would be a chairman of selectors type role, even coming onto the board of the Collingwood Football Club. Well, I don't know if he could do that because he wasn't a member and we know how that would be completely <laughs> fucked up. He wouldn't have had voting rights. And also he talked about coming up with the part of be coaching and then be chairman of selectors type role, even coming onto the board. And, uh, and that's why they made him the director of coaching. That's the yeah. definition. That's the title they gave him. Yeah. Yeah. He said, if I had my way, Mick Malthouse would still be at Collingwood and we would have got through it. Now, Mick got two years into it and he did a great job. Prelim final, Premier's grand final. I'll tell you what, when you read it out like that, probably wouldn't have let him go. <laughs> but the next period, he decided, no, I still want to go on. No, you fucking told him he couldn't go on. And then he said, I want to keep coaching. Yes. And then he went to Carlton and everything worked out fine. Now, I mean, I mean, I think it'd be a big deal, actually, because I remember at the time, like in 2009, the, it happened in July because I looked it up earlier, so they handed over. Now, at, okay. that, at that stage, Collingwood wasn't going to win a flag, okay? They weren't going to win a flag. They did make that prelim that year. They went down to Geelong, I believe, if I'm correct. Yep. Uh, and then uh, they, they, they were unlikely to win a flag. And so it was kind of unfortunate for the succession plan that then – the next year they were fucking guns, and then the next year, the ne grand final when they made that grand final, they went twenty and two, and they only lost to Geelong. Only lost to Geelong, yeah, that, dude. That year, year it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Geelong were nineteen and three. Hawthorne were eighteen right. and four. Fucking hell! How do you finish eighteen and four and not fucking finish on top of the ladder? Yeah, yeah, that's that's disappointing. Uh, and so sort of sums up your football team, really. It's a little bit different this year by the fact that, uh, uh, you know, obviously Hawks are like seventeenth. We're, we're Jeez, we're in, in the in the realm You're of the You're in the wooden mix spoon. for wooden spoon. I know, Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. North Melbourne are playing very well at the moment, and you guys aren't. Yeah, well, yeah, we were shit on Saturday. That was fucking horrible to watch. Uh, that, that that was like watching a country footy game. It was uh, just nothing happening. Just the yeah, players didn't care. The crowd didn't care. Mate, w welcome to being down the bottom of the ladder. Mate. When there's <laughs> mate, when there's nothing to play for, and you just go, why did I even watch this? Yeah, what sure. Part of my fucking little brain goes, nah, nah, there could be a chance. Yeah, sure. Nah, nah, you might win it. Yeah. You're not going to fucking win it. Give up. Sure, yeah, and no, I'm feeling pretty bad not now. I might just look over to the cupboard I have at Wayne Jackson's uh, Rod Carter Studios. Um, after the uh, premierships, I'd save like the papers from like the Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, and that pile is probably about two feet high, so I'm feeling pretty bad right now. You know what I hope <laughs> is that they, those that pile of papers uh, spontaneously combusts while you are sleeping, <laughs> and that your fire alarm, that you're in a dodgy apartment complex, 
that has painted on smoke alarms and that somehow that pile of burning papers falls across your front door so you were forced out into your balcony, which is covered in dodgy cladding. <laughs> well, Best that, case scenario. Well, that would happen if I was at my my place of dwelling, but I'm not at my place of, of course, dwelling. You're, I'm at Rodcard Studios. <laughs> well, Rodcard Studios is insured for $15 million. Yes. Because I need to be, I need to come. I actually am at Rod Carter Studios twenty four seven now. I actually have moved yeah. in here. Actually, by the fact that um, I need to uh, be able to go to a press conference of Gladys within <laughs> five minutes' notice. Now, how is your lockdown uh, going along, mate? How are you coping? I've been going to a lot of carpet shops, a lot of tile shops. No, it's all yep. fine, man. It's all fine. Um, keeping a low profile. Uh, uh, luckily, not seeing too many people around that on the streets in my location. But um, okay. But then I see some kind of concerning footage of uh, other areas. I saw, I saw an area, uh, was it Coogee, the f- filming down at Coogee yeah. Beach the other day. Yeah. Fucking hell, it yeah. was like Saturday. Yeah, people don't really need to do that. Um, I didn't manage to walk past any ovals, so I haven't seen anybody working out. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think people could uh, maybe take it a bit more seriously. But you Yeah, you're watching a lot of footy because of it. Are you staying in, watching the footy, checking stuff out? I mean, obviously, I'm watching every game from behind the goals. Um, yeah. You know, I find <laughs> interesting, though, about this uh, city uh, is that it doesn't really seem to be coming um, north of the bridge, which I find quite interesting. Uh, yeah, it's sort it's of southwest really, and east at yeah, the moment, it's isn't it? Not, not really kind of stemming north, which I think just maybe goes to show that kind of people just, you do, you just, you stay live south area. or north. Yeah, you stay in your area. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be fine. Our segregation, that's fantastic. It worked in South Africa, it's working in Sydney. <laughs> okay. Uh, written and spoken by Adam Rosenbach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, our Patreon, Adam, our Patreon. Yes, we are loving our uh, supporters here at Junk Time. We do appreciate it, and it will help the succession plan going forward. Um, so if you'd like to be a part of that, you can uh, help us out. At, I mean, um, if I leave next year, I get a big fucking payout. If you leave early, we're going to make sure that you stick around. <laughs> Even if you're miserable in every fucking episode, <laughs> we will make you stick it out. Uh, Patreon.com uh, slash pod, and you can support us. And we do we do love it. So thank you a lot for everyone who is on board and uh, supporting us over these last couple of years. It's been and great. Then we've got our merch as well, Adam. Yeah, you can get yourself the Junk Time Stubby Holders. And that is available at uh, junktime.bigcartel.com. And... We can, uh, and I think it's gone up to nine dollars now. The fucking Australia Post—they've gone. Oh, everyone's in lockdown. That means a lot more stuff's going to be sent in the mail. Let's should we capitalise on that? Absolutely, we fucking should. So now, when the post arrives, jump a punch, look around, see no umpire, another one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We can't have them getting away with that kind of stuff. Nah, or like you know, jump a punch and they drop to the ground and then go to like help them up and bang back down. Hey, a topsy turvy week of. Um Results, Adam. Mate, there was like 12-point games in there. Mm. You know, Essendon are, Essendon are well and truly in the mix. Hawthorne dropped down to 12th. I think Frio jumped up from 10th to 7th, something like that. Like, it's been unbelievable. And Richmond are still in the mix because West Coast was so shit yesterday, last night. Okay, but do you think Richmond are G-O-N-E, gone? I don't because they're a... You just you, you can't write off someone who's you know been three out of four. I just think that you know, like even with Hawthorne, it was like even last year you're a bit like, oh, they're still Hawthorne though. And now finally this year we've gone, oh, they're fucked. <laughs> oh, how good is this? We can actually go and watch a Hawthorne game knowing they're gonna lose. <laughs> you can't watch that yet with um, uh, Richmond, but they have got Brisbane this weekend, so it's fucking huge. That's massive, yeah. I mean, it's four in a row they've lost, so it's not great. I mean, also with the COVIDness of the whole situation, mm. um, there are going to be teams that are going to be staying in Victoria for a long time. And then also, Adam, I mean, I mean, if it continues for another couple of weeks, like two months maybe, you could get to a stage where Sydney, maybe even Giants, if they can get in, qualify for a home final and don't get to play, to play it at home. Yeah, that, that's more than likely. Well, Sydney definitely... I reckon Sydney can make top four. I reckon Brisbane could be in trouble now without Hipwood. So that's a huge game against uh, Richmond this weekend. That's at the MCG. They've lost nine in a row there. Can you believe that? No way. They haven't won at the MCG since 2014. No now, way. I'm just surprised they only play like one and a half games there a year. Now, actually, we do have actually have Swans and Giants playing each other this week. And I can't remember where it's going to be. 
I'm pretty sure it's in Ballarat. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean it's it's kind of an eight point game, mainly for the Giants though, because they they really need to win to kind of get into the eight. Or try well, they to. really let themselves down by losing to the Suns by a point. That's a yeah. game, you know, they, yeah. they beat Melbourne the week before. You know they've got it in them, and then they go down to the... They're, they're, mate, you know what they are? They're fucking flaky. Oh, yeah, they're, they're flat-track bullies, flaky. They are they're flat downhill skiers. They are downhill skiers. <laughs> Speaking of, Port Adelaide, another downhill ski. Fuck, they love a downhill ski, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I actually thought that was pretty good with my Melbourne by the fact they were over there. And also yeah. just kind of... Melbourne have been a bit up and down the last few weeks and they kind of just needed that big win to kind of consolidate themselves. And they got it. And mm. they, yeah, they'd, they'd had some kind of average, an average, you know, they'd won three out of the last five. Yeah, they, they had an average month, great. yeah. But um, I reckon Freo were the big winners and Sydney were the massive winners beating uh, the Western Bulldogs. That, that was, was a great win at Marvel. That was a massive win. Okay, Adam, how about a question with that notice? How about we play we a little go. game of like who is going to win the flag? Because mm. at this stage... Western Bulldogs. I think Doggies, yeah. I feel like the Doggies have a bit more going for All right. Well, that was a fun game. Let's play it again next week. <laughs> Who's going to win the flag? I mean, Melbourne winning it would be obviously a great story and stuff like that. But do you feel like a little bit like Melbourne winning it? A, it'd be great for comedy. Uh, B, it'd be great for the MCC members. I mean, uh, C, it'd be great for private schools all across Victoria. Uh, D, Absolutely. do you feel like the Doggies winning it, like the long droughts, and, you know, Saints, obviously, everyone wants them to win one. Do you feel like everyone's kind of begging for Melbourne to win one? They've got the big drought, but do you feel like do you feel like we have that no. kind of... They're not the underdog, are they, in a, in, in a way? Not, not in the same way that... You know what, the doggies, everyone kind of felt sorry for the doggies. Like they were everyone's kind of second team. You felt good no, for them. No, fucking second team. That shit, fucking anyone when who they, the second team. But any time I hear someone say they have a second team, I'm like, I don't want to talk to you ever again about sport. You're a fucking loser. Anyone listening to this podcast right now, I guarantee I will quit this podcast at the end of 2021 if you have a second team. We are junktimeaflpod at <laughs> gmail.com. Second teams. What are you talking about? Fucking. You know losers. there's the teams that you hate less? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that would be your 17th least hated team. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like the I feel like the 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 outpouring of emotion mm. for Melbourne winning the flag, I feel like not will be not as great for like a doggies or a Saints. Yeah, I think so. I mm. think because they were downtrodden for so long. And also, um, Doggies and Saints had like one between them up until 2016. Whereas Melbourne dominated back, you know, in the good years after the war. Yeah, sure. And I think that's a that's a good time to have it. Your parents got some um, investment properties out of it. Yep. And, you know, that's the other thing. Is they're from a uh, slightly higher socioeconomic area? Yeah, sure. So, like, yeah, because Melbourne dominated like when, um, uh, you know, when the... Uh, the cowardly men uh, didn't go to war and play footy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, now, Eddie Maguire has been in the news quite a bit in the last week. Now, Collingwood supporter. To, yeah. It, <laughs> he, sometimes he likes helping out some sponsorship Sponsorship things. for Collingwood yeah. and sponsorship for the AFL, you know. He just loves his footy. Just like loves when we pop into AFL House and go, hey, Gil, yeah. hey, do you want to hook up? A, we can hook up a contract with Toyota if you want. <laughs> So a couple of weeks ago, the Herald Sun published the rich list and they had, you know, uh, from 100 to 1 and also it said whether you could have uh, on the money bargain or um, paying overs, basically. They made a really big deal of it. They, they did a whole bunch of articles about this rich list and kind of yeah. and then kind of shoehorned other articles into it. So it was like, you know, how Buddy got to Sydney and it's like... Yeah. Anyway, check out the rich list. And it's like, we know the story about how Buddy went to Sydney because it happened eight years ago and you've written about 15,000 articles about him. He had a meeting with the Swans in December of the year before he went to and Liam Pickering had no idea that he was... <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie came out off the back of that and said that the uh, publication of players' salaries might prompt kidnappers... Kidnapping. ...to go after players and players' children for ransoms. And it says here in the article that uh, written by Robbo, presumably for ransom. No, I think it's... Uh, what else I for you, fucking I, I, idiot? I, I Just for a chat? It's Ralphie, isn't it? Or is that Robbo? That's Robbo. Oh, man. Ralphie wrote, wrote the initial article, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, did you pay any credence to that article whatsoever? I, th I figured it was just like 100% just spitballing. Oh, as in like it's kind of ballparkish. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, well, oh, that you, feels if, right. If you know the salary, you're not saying, "Oh, he earns nine hundred to nine fifty. You're saying, "Well, he earns nine forty plus yeah, incentives." Yeah. Like you know, incentives. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of ballparking, line. and they they probably worked out. Do you reckon? 
the reporters would have almost question without notice. Well, their salary cap worked out of what they think each player would get. So if someone's on nine hundred, they go, well, okay, there can only be other two other highly paid players at the club. Yeah, that probably makes sense. Yeah, sure. But then also, I mean, Ralphie, you're a public figure. Why don't we print your fucking salary in the paper? Oh, it's like that, is it? I'm getting political. But also, I think in the NBA, I think they publish every um, every salary to the to the letter. Like, you know. Yeah, NFL definitely does. Yeah, gotcha. I feel like it's a requirement in the NBA. They have to do it. Yeah, okay. Um, so I don't see what the big deal is. I don't, I don't, th- I don't remember any... Um, NBA or NFL players being kidnapped or baseball kids being kidnapped. But, no. but I think like if you're out there and you are going to kidnap a child, make sure you get the player to sign the kid for, so it's worth more, like memorabilia. <laughs> like you can sell them, you go, like, this is, this is one of Buddy's kids, but it's signed by Buddy. But I think it'd be annoying to kidnap an AFL footballer because they'd just be like, A, they'd ask this for a drink card. And then, yeah. B, they'd just be playing PlayStation the whole time as well. Like, they'd be like, oh, yeah, where's my PlayStation? I want to play... It wouldn't be fun to hang play, out with. I want to play uh, Madden. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, re- do you reckon they're going to kidnap players or go after families? I think you'd go after families, yeah. I mean, I'm... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> are we getting into weird territory now? <laughs> no, no, no. If you're going to do a kidnapping, who I w- do you target and how do you do it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Well, you got to make sure they've got a blog, Okay. <laughs> You gotta yeah, make fair. sure they got a mummy blog, that's fair. and you yep. get some uh, sweet, sweet sponsorship deal off that. Okay, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I mean, yeah, I mean, you'd hate to kidnap a wag, and then they just come in, and criticize your interior decorating choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then just post about it on Instagram, and you're like, "Oh, fucking stop embarrassing me!" Oh, this kidnapper had the worst couch. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even get it for free. <laughs> it's hopeless. Um, okay, there's an awesome story. Okay, sit back, junk timers. Okay, our mate. Toot toot, the chicken train. <laughs> so there was quite an interesting um, article in the Herald Sun done by Tony Sheehan, so son of Mike, and he has like a kind of gossipy sort of column about AFL and sports. It's called Sheehan Inc. Yeah. I think it's been around for a little while, but it never kind of pops up that much until something really interesting grabs, picks out interest. Now, it must yeah. be, I mean, it'd, be, it'd probably obviously been the, the printed edition of the Herald Sun, but obviously we don't really kind of pick up the printed edition. So we're only really at the mercy of what they put online. Yeah. So Ricky Nixon, Junk Timers, is about to release an eight-week docuseries, uh, which details his former... Lo- the which details the world of the former agent to the stars, Ricky Nixon. That's how it's written. So the show is called White Line Fever. Hey, get it? Get it? (laughs) Yeah, you get it. Yeah, you get it. Read between the lines, people. (laughs) Read between white and line. And it's a behind-the-scenes look into Mm. some of the game's biggest scandals, such as the Essendon Supplement Scandal, uh, Ben Cousins' Spiral. Mm. There should be an apostrophe there. doesn't have one. Mm, um, Nixon's run-in with notorious gangster uh, Alphonse Gantitano. Okay, I, I don't know about that story. Have oh, you heard that? I haven't heard that story. Uh, and I'll, I'll complete this when we can go back. Meeting with Mick Gatto, as well as another as other high-profile identities. So Alphonse Gantitano was mm. kind of really the first person to be murdered in the Melbourne underwar- underbelly kind of wars. Yes, yes, he was. He was he was renowned as the uh, Robert De Niro of Ligon Street, which I think just <laughs> means he was a very good actor. I don't know what that yes, means. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he the Black Prince? Is th- he the Black? I think it meant he was like really respected for a long time. And then, like in the latter part of his life, he <laughs> started doing these <laughs> shitty films. Yeah. Um, meeting with Mikado, and so okay, so Ben Cousins Spiral, Nikki's running with Gangitano, uh, mm. Mikado. There's a common theme. Here, uh, Ricky yes. Nixon is yeah. at the centre of all these. <laughs> it's like those people who go, all my housemates are crazy. And it's like, uh, I yeah. think you're yeah. the crazy yeah. one. And so he says it looks into the game's biggest scandals. Like Essendon Supplement Saga, we know about that. Mm-hmm. Ren Cousins Spiral, we know about that. Nixon's running with gangster Alphonse Gangitana. I'm intrigued to know about that because I've never heard that story. But we're only hearing it from one person because 50% of that story is deceased. Yep. Now, okay, so... Mm. This is my favourite bit, okay? Yep. It says, producers are already in talks mm. with Amazon and Netflix about yeah. a potential streaming deal. Absolutely. Okay, now, two, yeah. one, one, one. If this thing, White Line Fever, mm. sees the light of day, <laughs> I will walk naked through a Gladys press conference, okay? Here we go. And two, 
if Amazon or Netflix have <laughs> even fucking heard from these producers, I will fucking fly into space with Jeff Bezos <laughs> naked and then Jeez. and then stream you myself a into ship? a Lattice <laughs> press conference. I like it. I like it. This is fucking... I, 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 it's it's incredible. It's incredible. Uh, it's just like... And, and what are you going to tell us about the Essendon saga that we, we yeah, don't already I know? know. That we don't already know. Also, he says here it's going to make a lot of people in the industry very nervous. Yeah. Yeah, it fucking is, Ricky. You know what? You know how you wanted to get back into management and being seen as like, you know, pretty cool dude and, you know, got everything back together? This isn't helping by fucking telling everyone the stories from behind the scenes. What did I say from Ricky the other day? Uh... What was it? It was it was something like he was selling masks. Ricky Nixon mask. I'm gonna type that in. You know what? How? how and no, I know. PPE. Oh, okay. Well, why not? I think it is necessary. Although, shouldn't that be just available? Shouldn't, you don't want to be no, making no, pretty, money from that. I'm pretty that. certain he was doing this. Here we go. Okay, okay. Would you buy a face mask from Ricky Nixon? That's <laughs> the start of an age article from August okay. last year, August 10. So I think Ricky bought a bunch of PPE and then was selling it out the front of the fucking bakery. <laughs> <laughs> but wasn't he doing the flu vaxes at the... Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he, he was... At the pub. I think he had a little bit of a mobile medical industry going on. Yes, I believe he did. That's right, did. yeah. So here we go from Ricky. Um, oh, no, I think that's Max Markson, that quote. Uh, so Ricky... Uh, Bah, 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 bah. He set up a mobile healthcare business, Vital Health Checks, mm-hmm. uh, offering blood pressure checkups, flu shots, and other health services. Uh, but yeah, so I think last year he was selling a bit of PPE. Um, you know how there are some people out wait, there. Wait, PPE p- p- is like, is that abbreviation for like a street jug, drug that I <laughs> don't know? Don't know. <laughs> mate, mate, I took, <laughs> took two grams of PPE last night. I got fucking wasted on PPE. Tell you what. You know how there are some people who are out there who are a little bit scared of doctors or vaccines or, you know, they're a bit dubious and not sure of the quality of stuff. And then you go, sure. oh, no, but Ricky Nixon's involved. They go, oh, well, fuck, I'm on board. I mean, where do I get my jab? You go to the pub and you go upstairs like a fucking normal person. <laughs> gotcha. It's like the gotcha. idea of, you know, when you like back in the day of like a current affair and they have like a backyard dentist. Yep. And you just go yeah, like, yeah. fuck, man, yeah. what kind of world are you living in where you kind of go, knock on the front door and you go, mm. Oh, yeah, uh, no one's answering. I might just go out the backyard <laughs> into the shed <laughs> to do the dentist. You know what I love is the idea that, one, you've set yourself up as a backyard dentist, and two, that word of mouth... Got around. Done. Fuck, he's good, yeah. mate. He's good. Yeah, I know. And then people have gone, fuck, seriously? He goes, mate, 20 bucks, tooth, no fucking pain. Seriously, mate, I tell you what. How many hepatitis do you get? All of them. Yeah. All a part of the $20. <laughs> a, B, C, D, H. Yeah. I mean, tell you what, after two weeks, I stopped bleeding. Uh, he's that good. <laughs> he's that good. So can I read this other article from uh, Sheen, Inc.? Hang on, let me stop. Let me, before you get to that, um, how... Now, Ricky has already has one autobiography out. We've talked about that many years ago on the podcast. Self-printed. Had a YouTube link that was written down in, the in art, a book. In the book, yeah. <laughs> now... Surely, and I haven't read the book, it's uh, on us that we haven't done our research properly. And I'm sure it would be 100% true, every single word. That's why I didn't read it, because I already know all the truth. But surely Nixon's run-in with notorious gangster Alphonse Gangitano would have at least gotten a chapter in there. Have been in the book, yeah, okay. So, yeah, actually, any junk timers out there who have read the book, A, um, (laughs) we feel sorry for you. Uh, and B, uh, let him know if he um, mentions Alphonse in the um, in the book. So Alphonse got whacked, uh, I think, by Jason Moran in the end. They didn't they didn't actually prove that, but I think that was the coroner's report. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, if if I'm besmirching the name of the good name of Jason Moran, hey, mm. he's welcome to come at me. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken by Michael Chamberlain. Oh, actually, the by the fact, I mean, he got whacked. Uh, Across the Roping Parents' house, wasn't it? Uh, no, that was Jason. Yeah, Jason. That's what I said, Jason. Oh, I thought you said Mark. Yeah, oh, right. No. Yes, he did. He did. I, I mean, I mean, if I've besmirched the good name of Mark, he's welcome to come at me as well. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another thing from Sheen Inc., right? Okay. I find this amazing that this got printed. Okay. I've got to read the whole thing. So, a sporting television legend stumbled upon a wallet at a Richmond cafe this week. Okay. Happens. 
Oh, fuck. First lesson of sport. You don't touch someone's wallet. Mate. <laughs> like, he should have just looked at it. I mean, going, well, oh, well I, I mean, we can immediately rule one person out. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Sporting television legend. So that, that I mean, I mean, uh, we well, we actually shouldn't be speculating on names by the fact that no, you know. no. But I find this remarkable. This got printed. Sporting television legend stumbled upon a wallet at a Richmond cafe this week. The wallet was left mm-hmm. behind in a pile of newspapers. I probably, probably, I, I, I was probably touring my pile of <laughs> newspapers. <laughs> they looked at it and went, "This is from 2014, <laughs> and it's covered in. Oh, what is that? What are all the pages stuck together?" Uh. Pile of new pa- newspapers. Uh, looking through the wallet for the owner's identity, he found seven hundred dollars and a bag mm-hmm. of white powder. Ooh, hang on, that could be the basis for a new TV series called White Line Fever. <laughs> Continue. Some of the AFL scandals. Uh, he turned to his mates drinking coffee and said, "Well, jeesh, uh, uh, sheenings all over the shop. It meant to be capital W. Mm. It's not a capital." Um, well, who's going to try it? So ne- he's found the wallet. Found a wallet. It's found the white bucks. power. It's probably morning because they're drinking coffee. Mm. And he's and he gone, said, "Hey boys, who's going to hey, try it?" It's eight fifteen a.m. Yeah, fuck man. Let's get a little this bit coffee. Of you know what? This coffee's not hitting the spot. <laughs> I mean, I said to the I said to the Brewster, "I want sugar." This is clearly yeah. sugar. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Mate, uh, well, who's going to try it?" Neither mm. were willing. So neither. So that implies that two? there's three of them. Yeah, already, two other people. Yeah. All right, we're down. We're down, three men. Three men. Three. So a TV legend and two other mates. Yep. Neither were willing. Okay. So the TV star dipped his finger in the sub. His. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in dipped his finger in the substance. Proceeded mm. to rub on his gums to test the purity. I fucking can't believe this fucking got printed. No, 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 no. But if you were, if like someone comes into you and says, "Hey, have you guys seen a wallet?" and you're like, "Well, we have, and we've found uh, some subs- uh, substance in there," and you go to them, the first question you ask is not, "How do you prove it's a wallet?" You go, "What's the purity of the gear left in the wallet?" Dude, uh, yeah. don't you do that? I do that every time I find drugs. I try them out. Get half baked and be like, "Oh, that's good purity." You know, I remember years ago. I remember reading an article about um, it was a cop kind of, kind of saying how real movies and TV were when they depict yeah. police. Oh yeah. And uh, there was one thing, uh, you know, in, in films or TV, they they dip their finger in the cocaine and yeah, lick yeah. it. And he's like, yep. "You'd never do that. You would never do that ever." We'd well, never break the seal of a bag, would you? Well, he said, "You just don't know what's what it is." So why would you? Even dare put it in your mouth, you know. Yeah, but th- that's that's what buying drugs is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they, like one cops goes in, they find a pill press, and he just fucking licks, like he licks the beaters. He's like, <laughs> oh man, man, this is fucking good shit. Yeah, and the Moran brothers. I mean, they shot Carl Williams because uh, mm. he had a pill press. They had a pill press, and then he would use it uh, outside of official hours. Uh, and if the Moran brothers want to come at me, I mean, I'm fucking waiting for you, mate. So Carl Williams actually answered the door to the police in his pyjamas covered in, uh, like, speed dust. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because he was putting them into, uh, into pills on the pill press. True story. And he answered the door covered in it. And the cops went, they probably just fucking licked his pyjamas and went, okay, you're fucking nicked. Dude, um... I think I've told this on the pod before, but like it was probably about 2004 or so, and we mm. uh, were filming uh, the acclaimed sketch show Skidars um, yep. at the uh, Como Hotel in South Yarra, right next to yep. Channel 10 in Melbourne. Yeah. And um, we just had a drink. Were you there? We had a drink yes. after. Yeah, we had a yeah, drink yeah. after the shooting. And, Carl um, Williams was well, there. Shooting's the not term. But <laughs> after filming, we were filming. <laughs> and Carl Williams was having a drink with a mate, and we were like, Holy fuck, because at that time, he was like, the whole media was like, he's the next to get popped. Like, he's going to yeah, get popped. Yeah. And, and, and then a friend of ours went to take a photo of the group, and he was like, oh, I'll get in the photo, and just turned to the first person next to him, and it was Carl Williams. He said, oh, mate, can you take the photo? And he took the photo, and we just had the biggest shit-eating grins on our face, because we we're like, this is going to be fucking evidence in court. It's going to be <laughs> fucking evidence in court. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, the, this fucking coke fiend uh, dipped his finger in, he said, it's not good, he laughed, 
Me and the missus used to get better than that. I fucking hate So he's it. married. This guy's married. I fucking hate men who use the word missus. I fucking hate it. Uh, the sheepish owner of the wallet returned sometime later, asking the cafe owner if he'd seen his wallet. Nah, I wouldn't have used wallet, wallet twice in the sentence there. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd be in a bit of trouble if I lost that. The owner grinned. It grinned. Bit of fun. I, I find that fucking it's remarkable that that got reported and there'd be people who could kind of could make the links to this sporting television legend. And I oh. I mean, I just want Bruce McVanny to get all the help that he can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another one of our footballing identities has fallen by the wayside. Michael, we have to say goodbye to Rex Hunt and 3AW. He's been given the arse. So he was doing, he does a show called Footy Nightline, which I'm assuming is on after the footy coverage. I believe it's Saturday night. So I reckon I might have a bit of the uh, final final siren RIP about it. Like um, a little bit like uh, a few people have had a few jars through in the J calling up to give their very important opinions about things they don't know anything about. So I think it was post game. And he got got Naki, he was interviewing Dipper. um, And... He went long on the interview. And so I think the boss of the station called up and said, hey, you missed... Because he he dropped an ad break. You missed an ad break. So, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm interviewing Dipper. That's essentially an ad break. He's talking about, you know, things available for $9.95. Yeah, that's right. Uh, And so Rex went on a bit of a tirade for about three minutes about, you know, not being uh, respected enough, I suppose, as a man who's uh, formidable and uh, also formative in... Building three AW football into what it was, what it is. And can I just say to the um, to the the head of football, Craig Moore, who obviously you know junk time we're about to sign with three AW, but I'm I'm willing to throw that contract to the side to have a crack at this man. No, that's a good point. He yeah. has yeah, we, shut we, down. No, no holds barred. Yeah. No, he has shut down an interview with the recluse, <laughs> <laughs> Robert Dippier de Medico. Now. <laughs> We might have heard something about the 89 grand final there that Dipper's never fucking talked about. That's a really good know? point, actually, because, I mean, Dipper is... Uh, Mate! He's a bit like J.D. Salinger. Like, How did they get him? <laughs> How did they... Did they get proof of life that it was Dipper? Like, I don't even know what Dipper sounds like. I have no idea. I've never seen Dipper on TV at any no. stage of my entire life. Never heard him on the radio. Rex Hunt... Yeah, probably spent months working on this interview, going yeah. through Dipper's like uh, advisors. You know, he's yeah, he maybe his agent and manager. Um, you know what would have happened? Uh, Rexy would have been sitting there. They're doing the show, and they said the Dipper calls come through. They were told months ago it's going to happen one Saturday night. Yeah. You won't know when. We will fucking ring you. The Dipper Be alarm. Be prepared. The Dipper alarm probably went off. The flashing red light. Yeah, exactly. They go. We've got him. What? Yeah. The dipper who played in the 89 grand final. That one. The one. Did Gary Ablett run into it? Shut up. I don't want to ruin it. He might tell us today on the show. And so they lose. Wait, is he going to tell that story about the time Alan James pushed him up against the wall? I, I, I've never heard that story before. <laughs> is he going to tell how many how many coins, how he can fit a, a bar of soap uh, in his penis? No. Oh, is God. He gonna tell th- oh, God. No. Just fun stories. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> So uh, Rex cracked it. Now I think I think for maybe for our younger junk timers out there, you you, mm. you kind of forget just how fucking massive Rex Hunt was. Like in the nineties, would you say? I mean, wasn't Sam Newman coined the term Channel Rex on Channel Seven? Yes, I believe so. Yeah, he was yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So did he do Channel Seven coverage as well, or was it just Three AW? I feel he did a bit of bit of Channel Seven, but not a uh, yeah. like not like a Bruce or a Dennis or anything like that. Yeah, I yeah. think I imagine probably his style was a little bit too flamboyant for TV, as yeah. opposed to uh, probably work better for radio. Um, now, can I just say that actually, you know, because I used to listen like, you know, to the bit footy on the radio, commentate, and you had no idea where the ball was on the ground or who had it. <laughs> no, that, that, I was just about to say that he had so many fucking of his in joke uh, nicknames. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I don't know who's got the ball. I don't even know who's fucking playing today. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, but you do forget, like, he was so incredibly massive. I think there's a story that goes to, there was, he had fan mail from, like, a kid from the UK or something, and yeah. they just wrote Rex Hunt, Australia, on the on the envelope. And it got to him. It got to him, yeah. Unbelievable, the power of Rex Hunt. And then they, and he talks to Dipper and he loses his job over that. And you know what he did when he got the letter, which is actually a tribute to Rex. He gave the postman a little jumper punch, a little <laughs> jumper punch. <laughs> gave him a kiss, threw him back. But he lost the job. So I think it's about the third time we're saying goodbye to Rex, though. So he said goodbye to Throat W and then he did Triple M for a bit, but they kind of wouldn't let Rex talk before the game. He only just came on for the commentary. 
Okay. And then, uh, and that was it. And then now he's had this Saturday night show, and so now he's yeah uh, gone for a, a walk again. Um, but let me just say, I'm invincible. I'm paying money. The girl's happy. She's got no money. I've got my rocks off. How good is this? What is that? That's a famous quote from Rex Hunt from you know, 3W when he had the little sex scandal about a decade ago. <laughs> I'm invincible. I'm paying money. The girl's happy. She's got no money. I've got my rocks off. How good is this? <laughs> and how... Uh, what was what in what context was that? Was that him saying this is what happened? Or? Yeah, it was when he was kind of confessing. Uh, that 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 clip was kind of made famous on um uh, get this Tony Martin. Um, oh right, Ed Cavaliano, Richard Marsland, R.I.P. the legend. Gotcha. Hey, uh, footballers in real life, man. Hit me. Okay, we got a few this week. Uh, actually, we got a bit of a little bit of correction last week from Anthony because mm. we were talking about. Uh, I think I asked the question about where it was a question without notice, so it's on me. Mm, it was uh, about where North Melbourne players would hang out because yep. uh, maybe they were hanging out where the area you grew up. And uh, from Anthony, and I thought the tunnel. I, I said because I, I know that Wayne Carey and a few of those used to go to the tunnel, and that's where he got himself in trouble. But Anthony has an update for us. Yeah, the Carrier and North spent heaps more time at the Ivy than the tunnel. Okay, which is the Ivy? I don't think I, I don't I know. Stand corrected. I reckon the Ivy was on the corner of like uh, Russell and Flinders Lane, maybe. Yeah, it okay. might be around where Garden State is now. I think. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Because I, I was never like really much of a city. Nightclubber, I suppose, in my younger uh, days. You were you were the Malvern and the Armadale and head to Cheers for a couple of cheap oh, cheeky that's right. drinks. Yeah, Cheers toss for a boss. couple of toss the boss on a Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah. And that wasn't even with the coins. Hey, oh, come on. Bang. Now, Wayne Carey, <laughs> he, uh, years ago, he had a mm. chat to my sister. Have I, have I told this story? No. Yeah, well, I mean, my sister's quite petite and obviously Duck is like a big dude, but he um kind of went to talk to her in a nightclub one night. And um, and she knew who he was, and no, actually, I don't think she did know who he was. And okay. she and he uh, tried to have a bit of a chat, and then uh, uh, the version I remember is that uh, he said, "You're not talkative tonight," and she's like, "Not to you," and walked off to her boyfriend. And then her boyfriend said, "Oh, that's Wayne Carey," yeah. um, and she was like, "Oh, cool." Didn't really mean much to her. And now, upon reflection. So fucking glad she didn't fucking talk to him. <laughs> and also, I bet her uh, boyfriend was glad he didn't find out what she said and the way she said it because he'd be dead. Um, yeah, yeah. But anyway, fuck Wayne Carey. Hey, from Andrew. Uh, I feel like we have not read this one out before, but I just found it in a Twitter um, uh, message, Andrew. So I'm sorry if we're a bit late to this. Um, football in real life. Back in January, after returning to the office in Fitzroy, uh, we headed over to Indust- Industry Beans for a morning coffee meeting. Did you find a wallet? <laughs> yeah. Man, make sure you check it out. Sitting at the next table in the outdoor area was none other than the great one, Little Master Gary Ablett with his family. He looked oh, lean yeah. and fit and enjoying a relaxing morning. Nonetheless, none of my colleagues had any idea who he was, so I tried to explain uh, when we got back to the office. Do you reckon Gary Ablett would be amazed that there would be people in the Fitzroy Collingwood area who have no idea who he is? Like he is, he'd have to be up there with one of the most, along with Dusty, you would have thought, as one of the most recognisable footballers of our era. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, I actually wonder now, actually just kind of seeing this, what do you think the little master gets up to nowadays? Like, he's never really been quite particularly public with his business outside of football. No, but he'd have entrepreneurial things. You'd imagine they'd have a sort of bubbling away in the background. Like yeah, yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, but like he's so. never really kind of gotten to the t-shirt game like a lot of people do and stuff like that. No, I, I would have imagined that he got would have gotten into the fitness industry. He's a very fit player, mm-hmm. so why not just you know an extension of that? And if if I'm a young player and I see that Gary Ablett's doing something in the fitness world, I'm fucking buying it. Like you know Joel Selwood's uh, kick returner thing. Um, and I think it'd be quite prudent too. I don't think he'd be too flashy with his investments. Nah, he's not off to Vegas every six months. From Mark, uh, spotted pushing a pram along Ballarat Street with a dog in Yarraville on Tuesday. Jason Johannesson, JJ, Norm Smith medalist. There you go. From Lockie. What what kind of dog? We, we, what do you reckon, sausage? We could probably even find it if we have, have an Instagram account. Yeah, that's a good point. 
uh, from Lockie went to a cafe, but do you really want to put in the effort to find out JJ's? Not, not, not right now, no. Yeah, we no. really could Google that right now, but we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> from Lockie, I mean, the Norm Smith was a long time ago. Uh, from That's Lockie, true. we went to a cafe in Broadbeach with a mate this morning as we get ready for our local game of footy. Uh, top of the ladder, doing very well. Broadbeach, obviously, in southeast Queensland, um, mm. kind of Goldie area. Uh, on the way uh, in, we spot two familiar faces, Eric Hipwood and Charlie Cameron. As we go to order, we end up lining up behind Hipwood. Uh, for himself, he orders an eggs on toast with extra eggs. Ooh, and a lot of protein. gets Charlie a bacon and egg burger. However, Charlie has requested to swap out the egg for an extra hash brown. Fascinating Lockie. detail. Fucking great detail, buddy. Love Good the detail. Yeah. The lady behind Jeez, you must have been standing close. That's <laughs> on social distancing to get all that. Well, it's Queensland, so, you know, they've been living a normal yeah. life for a while. Uh, yeah. The lady behind the counter was making small talk and asked what he was up to today, to which he replies that he's playing football. Uh, she obviously doesn't know who he is because she followed up by asking him which team he plays for. Eric was a bit embarrassed to say Brisbane. Not embarrassed to say Brisbane, but... No. Says, if I'm a footballer, I'm yeah, a legend. I'm making about 700 grand, love. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of to chuck extra eggs in there, mate. Yeah. <laughs> when it was my turn to order, she assumed that I was sitting at the same table. I had to awkwardly explain that I was also playing footy today, but at a much lower level. Uh, mm. Back at our table, we had a lot to unpack, uh, speculating on who was who was on more cash or if Hippold was shouting the mill because he kicked less goals for the year. Cheers. Go the Bull Sharks. Thank you for that, Lockie. And poor, oh, that would have been the last meal he really would have enjoyed, Eric Hipwood, because he did his knee uh, on the weekend. He's out for the season, ACL. Dude, oh, man. Also, if they kind of, you know, if they do win the flag, fuck, what are you to miss? Oh, uh, that's got to fucking hurt. And I mean, there's only so many eggs you can have before the, before the pain comes uh, I looked up the Bull Sharks, so I'm thinking Lockie might play at the um, Bond University. I think they're the Bull Sharks. So okay. shout out to the Bull Sharks at Bond University. Hey, we are going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. Go Blues. Go and Succession Plan. Go Blues. And Hawks. No, no, that's not how the Succession Plan works. <laughs> it's Go Blues, then Go Blues. You stay out of it. Go Hawks. No, that's not... It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.